0: Thanks for checking out this message from Coastal Community Church. We hope it's helpful and encouraging. Woo! Hey everybody, good morning, good morning, good morning. Good to see everybody. I am Pastor Chris. Welcome. uh, Those of you who are here uh, in person, great to have you with us. And as always, thank you for uh, tuning in and joining us online. Uh, I am Pastor Chris. Hey, uh, quick, by the way, uh, Scott failed to mention that the reason he's wearing a bright red shirt is he lost a bet with some Georgia fans. So... um, (laughs) Anyway, I thought I'd throw that out there. We were expecting to see a big G on it or something. He's a, he's a big Kentucky fan. But um, hey, uh, quick announcement, everybody. Um, just, you know, people are asking, you know, what's the deal on the building? What's, what's the latest? Uh, you know, any updates? So it is looking more and more likely that um, our kind of opening weekend our, our you know kind of open house and uh, grand opening is going to be the last weekend of October, so just two more weeks is what it 's appearing to be, and uh, as soon as that 's more official, uh, we will definitely let you know, but uh, kind of you know in the back of your mind, be thinking that you 're going to come to our open house, uh, which is hopefully going to be Friday night. Uh, uh, October the 29th, and then uh, that Sunday, Halloween, uh, the 31st, will be our first Sunday uh, in the new facility. So, but it's not, that's not really official yet, you know, we've learned not to kind of get our hopes up, but uh, it is looking more, um, I don't know, probable, you know, that that's going to happen. I guess it's, we've moved from possible to probable, which I guess is a good thing. Um, I want to tell you a t- true story this morning, um, as we begin uh, today, uh, week five of uh fruit of the spirit. There was a little boy who grew up in apartheid uh, in South Africa in the 1930s and 1940s. And uh, being black meant that he and his family, of course, didn't have the same rights and opportunities of white South Africans. And he grew up uh, borderline poverty. Uh, And it wasn't just a lack of political, educational, or economic opportunities. There were times when uh, he and his mom would uh, walk down, uh, walk into town, and uh, if a white person approached them, uh, he had to step off the sidewalk. They both had to step off the the sidewalk and into the dirt, or if it rained, you know, into the mud, in order to let that white person pass. And so, obviously, bitterness began uh, to develop in this little boy's heart. Well, one day he and his mom... Uh, We're walking into town and uh, a white gentleman was coming in the opposite direction nearing them on the sidewalk So as usual uh, the little boy kind of prepared in his mind mentally that you know He's got to step off the sidewalk with his mom into the mud uh, to let this guy pass But this time uh, something different happened Uh, Before that before they stepped off to the off the sidewalk The man did so himself. The man stepped off the sidewalk into the mud. And uh, more than that, he took his hat off and he kind of, you know, uh, bent down and he smiled and uh, let the little boy and his mom uh, pass. Now, the man was an Anglican priest. And the little boy thought to himself, man, you know, I cannot believe this. You know, this uh, this white man greets a black working woman and, you know, a small child and uh, steps off the street into the mud and lets us pass. And he said, at that moment, uh, God did something in my heart. My heart began to change. And the little boy, you know, later, you know, reflected that, you know, I didn't really know what an Anglican priest was, but uh, beginning that day, he knew what he wanted to be when he grew up. So that little boy became Desmond Tutu. And uh, later he would become the first black Anglican archbishop of Cape Town and would win the Nobel Peace Prize for his efforts to end apartheid in South Africa. And later in life, he reflects back to that moment, uh, that small act of kindness uh, from an Anglican priest as the key turning point in his life. Just a a small act of kindness changed his life forever. You see, a, a small act of kindness in an otherwise very harsh world has the power to do that has the power to change someone's day, someone's week, or even someone's life. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. You ought to have this memorized by now, right? It says this, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Well, today, uh, we are continuing in our series on the fruit of the Spirit. And, uh, you know, during this series, we've been looking at these nine specific character traits that God wants to produce in the life of a believer. And uh, as you might have guessed, uh, today we're going to be talking about kindness. Kindness. So what is it? What is kindness? If you're taking uh, notes, uh, simply put, kindness is love in action. Love in action. Uh, Back to 1 Corinthians 13.4, it says, Love is patient and what? Kind. Kind. I love the Phillips translation of that verse. It says, it looks for a way of being constructive. Now, that's the idea here. Kindness, you see, looks for a way to improve the lives of other people. Kindness builds people up. Again, it's love in action. Leo Buscaglia once said, Too often we underestimate the power of a touch, a smile, a kind word, a listening ear, an honest compliment, or the smallest act of caring, all of which have the potential to turn a life around. Now, the opposite of kindness is selfishness. Selfishness. Uh, it's being rude. It's being mean. Would, would you agree that rudeness and meanness is on the rise today? I mean, it absolutely is. I, I mean, it just seems like people are more abusive of one another, physically, verbally, than any time before. You know, that the people are just on the edge and, and uh, they're ready to go off at anyone, just um, um, at, at any moment. And, and it seems that common courtesy is not so common anymore you know i I think that that being self-absorbed selfish is probably the number one reason why people aren't kind anymore you know we're just we're busy thinking about ourselves so much that we just don't notice all the opportunities that god provides us all the time to be kind to show God's love to the world, the watching world, through kindness. But as believers in Jesus, we cannot let that happen. Here's why. Because God does give us those divine moments, those divine appointments, divine opportunities every day where God orchestrates, encounters between his people, between Jesus' followers, between us and other people so that we might show them kindness in a way that just might change their life and show them the love of God. You see, kindness is, is so much more than you know, just being nice or you know, just being agreeable, and it's not just not hurting somebody else. Again, it's love in action. It's positive action for good. You know, we we mentioned this verse last week, Matthew 7, 12. Uh, Let's read it out loud together. Here we go. You ready? Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. Now, what do we know that as? That's the what? The golden rule, right? The golden rule. Now, why is it so golden? Well, because Jesus' teaching here at this time in history was actually revolutionary. It had really never been taught this way before. You see, in Jesus' day, the most compassionate moral law that existed was this. Don't do to others what you don't want them to do to you. Okay? In other words, it was kind of a negative take on the command. It, It was a command, you know, to not do something. So Jesus turns all that upside down and he says, it's not enough just to not harm other people. It's not good enough just to live kind of a neutral, you know, passive life. No. Our lives have got to be marked by actively doing good. You've got to leave a positive mark. You've got to leave somebody else's life Better. You can't call yourself a follower of Jesus and just be a passive bystander. It doesn't work that way. You and I have got to get involved in a positive way. Do to others. That's kindness. It's love in action. It's that, you know, get up off your butt and do something to make a difference action. And you might say, well, you know, should we be kind? Now, you you would say, of course. Of course. But again, it's one thing to say that we should be kind, and it's another thing to actually live that out day by day, right? So here's what I want us to do today. I want us to talk about how we can cultivate this fruit, the fruit of kindness in our lives. Uh, the, The early Roman philosopher Seneca once said this, wherever there is a human being, there is an opportunity for kindness. And I think he's right. And and I don't want you and I, I don't want the church, I don't want Coastal to miss any more opportunities. I don't want you to miss those divine appointments, those divine moments that God orchestrates for you, where God wants you to show his love to somebody else through an act of kindness. We've got to do our part to turn this world around. So, today I want to look at five Pretty simple ways, okay, but very practical ways that you and I can cultivate this fruit of kindness in our lives. Number one, kindness is encouraging the discouraged. It's encouraging the discouraged. Listen, there are so many opportunities all the time for you to encourage people, people who are discouraged. There are discouraged people all around you where you live, work, parent, and play, as we say here at Coastal. There might be a discouraged person sitting right next to you today. Now maybe, you know, on the surface they're wearing a smile, but on the inside they're hurting. And some sort of encouragement today from you could make all the difference in their life. There's so many verses in the Bible that talk about how we should be encouraging to one another. Here's just a couple of them. Romans 1:12. When we get together, right? We're all together. When we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. There should be this mutual uh, understanding that we're here to encourage one another. And then in 1 Thessalonians 5:11, so encourage each other and build each other up just as you're already doing. Again, love in action building people up. So how do you do that? Okay, let's get very practical. And I want to talk about five extremely simple, practical ways that we can encourage each other, okay? Encourage other people. First of all, through your words. The words that come out of your mouth. There there, there is power in your words. In fact, the Bible talks about how your words have the power of life and death. So they can be used as tools to build people up or to tear them down. And negative words, right? You know this. Negative words are far more powerful than positive words. In fact, studies show that it takes up to 20 positive words, positive comments, to make up for the effects of just one negative comment or word. So we got to be careful as to how we use our words. So think about this. How could you use your words this week to be an encouragement to the people around you? With your coworkers, your classmates, your boss, your family, your friends. I mean, instead of always being critical like everyone else, maybe you catch people doing something good and you, you encourage them, you point that out. You start paying attention to the people around you, and you just use your words to build them up. Another practical way, so simple, is through a smile. A smile. A smile is powerful. Do you believe that? It, It is. It is powerful. In fact, Proverbs 15.30 says this, a cheerful look brings joy to the heart good news makes for good health a cheerful look brings joy to the heart what's he talking about what's a cheerful look it's your countenance it's your face first of all it makes your own happy your own heart happy when you smile everybody try that right now big goofy grin go ahead just get a big smile I mean, just smiling right now, th- does it make you feel better when you smile? Listen, it's so much better, it makes you feel so much better than when you frown, right? Right? In fact, it is a scientific fact that smiling re- releases some chemical uh, endorphins in your brain that, that, uh, that helps a person feel happier and more positive. So, it doesn't just make you feel better, it makes others feel better too. Okay, here we go. We're gonna practice this. You ready? Turn to your neighbor and give him a big goofy grin, a big smile. Do that right now. Yeah. Listen, don't you feel better just by seeing their ridiculous smile? Right? Mother Teresa once said let no one ever come to you without leaving them better and happier. Be the living expression of God's kindness. She said, kindness in your face, kindness in your eyes, kindness in your smile. Another way that practically encourages other people is through touch. Touch. Kindness is anything that lifts another person. That's why an appropriate loving touch is a powerful act of kindness an appropriate hug, an encouraging hand on the shoulder, you know, a handshake, a playful tap on the arm, all of those can make somebody feel important and cared for. You know, from the time we are born, human touch is so important. In fact, studies have shown that a lack of human touch can contribute to something called failure to thrive syndrome in newborns. You know, babies who are not held, nuzzled, and hugged enough can stop growing, and if the situation lasts long enough, can even die. Studies have shown that infants who receive minimal touch have long-lasting cognitive delays, increased aggression, all pointing to the emotional and behavioral impact of contact, human contact, during early childhood. But guess what, guys? That need for for human contact, it doesn't stop at at infancy or, or early childhood. You know what? Seriously, I really believe that one of the reasons why these last two years have been so emotionally, spiritually, and physically difficult on so many people is that we don't speak, smile, or hug anymore. We don't do these first three you know second corinthians 13 12 says greet one another with a holy kiss so turn to your neighbor right now and give him a big wet sloppy no i'm just i'm just joking that was one of my favorite memory verses when i was a teenager right Woo! yeah yeah the, the single adults here y'all got really nervous or very excited right you did yeah um but kindness you know what kindness is simple kindness It's just treating someone with humanity, like they're a human being. And one of the things that does that is through a loving, appropriate touch. Another way to encourage other people is through gifts. Gifts, sometimes just a a thoughtful gift for someone in a meaningful way can show kindness and encourage someone who's down. You know, something simple like, you know, when you go get your coffee, you know, in the workplace, you pick up your coworker's coffee too. You know, you, you, you take a friend out to lunch. You, how about this one? You just, you write a handwritten note. Man, people, believe it or not, in this day of technology, man, people love getting mail. A, a handwritten note from someone. Doesn't cost you anything but a, a stamp. You know, but buy a small, thoughtful present for a friend. Bake some cookies, you know. And again, I'm not talking about, you know, spending a lot of money here. I'm just saying, you know, think of some, you know, something very thoughtful that just communicates. You're thinking about that person, that you care about that person. You know they're going through a difficult time, and you just kind of encourage them. Another practical way to encourage the discouraged is through help. Help. By helping a friend, helping someone out. And what I mean is this: you know, you taking the time to, to hit pause, you know, on your schedule, your agenda, your projects, to assist somebody you know who might be feeling a little overwhelmed maybe even desperate might be just you know needing someone's help you know somebody at your workplace is struggling with their project you know a neighbor a friend is you know trying to move somebody you know is just in, in a little bit of a jam just helping can make a difference so look back there at that, those five ways to encourage the discouraged that I listed there. And here's what I want you to do today. I want you to circle one or two that you know that you could start putting into practice this week. Number one, when, I, when I'm sitting out standing out in the welcome center and you're all leaving, everybody, I want everybody to smile today, okay? When you walk out, we're all smiling, okay? Number two, kindness is remembering the forgotten. Remembering the forgotten. So who are the forgotten? I'm talking about the poor and the needy in our community. I'm talking about the homeless, the hungry, the hurting. I'm talking about those people that are so easy to forget and sometimes not even notice. You can actually become numb to that, can't you? Numb to the pain and the poverty all around us. It happens all the time. You know, maybe the very first time you see a homeless person or you see somebody begging on the street, maybe when you're younger in life or something and, you know, a a little less, you know, jaded, you know, the first time you see that, it breaks your heart. But after a while, what happens? You know, you become numb to it. You know, maybe at first it becomes annoying and then you become very suspicious and then, quite likely, you don't even notice it at all anymore. So you kind of move from, you know, compassion to disgust to indifference. I think the only thing that God hates worse than disgust is, is utter indifference. And that's why, that's why God gave this command to the, the children of Israel in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy 15 11, it says, "...for there will never cease to be poor." In the land and that's still true today the poor will always be among us he says therefore i command you you shall open wide your hand to your brother to the needy to the poor in your land You see kindness is remembering the forgotten it's overcoming that natural indifference and that hardness that happens in our heart over time to being kind to the hurting now Does that necessarily mean that you give money to people all the time, every time they ask? Absolutely not. I think you do have to be discerning. The Bible talks about that. But kindness means treating people, no matter who they are, where they're from, with human dignity, with respect. You know, and being kind to someone, you give, that's what you're doing. You're giving them their humanity back. And it might mean simple things again, like looking them in the eye, smiling, saying a kind word. You know what it also means? It also means serving in one of our multiple tailgate parties that we have here at Coastal in the community. Participating in our clothing drives. Stocking our our multiple blessing boxes. Serving at the next Saturday serve. Or handing a meal to a veteran who feels forgotten. I mean, right now, you can go to our website, Coastal Community Church forward slash missions. And you can see and sign up for multiple ways to practically show kindness and remember the forgotten here in our community and i was even thinking about that this week that you know another way practical way that you can show kindness not just to people here in our community but to children around the world is through operation christmas child last week we uh, began to you know give away shoe boxes and we encourage you to take just basically pray god how many shoe boxes do you want me and my family to fill And then you take that number home with you and you go to, you know, Target, Walmart, and the Dollar Tree, and the Dollar Store, and you fill this thing up. And between now and November the 14th, you bring those filled boxes back to Coastal. And our goal is to to fill over a thousand of these. And then they are a way for us practically to remember the forgotten all around the world. And by the way, right now, you don't even have to take boxes home. You can actually do all of that online. And uh, being, you know, going online and filling out a shoebox is a great way to do that. We have our own little uh, website where you can do that. And uh, we, we, we're counting those boxes as well. And those boxes go to um, the hard-to-reach areas in the world. And so, again, it's just another way to what? To remember the forgotten, you know, among us. Number three, kindness is being patient with the difficult. Patient with the difficult. Listen, when we lack patience... It's not just that you're, you know, that you're not being kind, but it's that you're actually being cruel and judgmental. You know What you're doing is that you're treating someone else who, like you, has been made in the image of God, and you're treating them as less than. You're making them feel bad. You're looking down on them. That's why being patient with people even those who might, you might feel like are kind of slowing you down, irritating you, interrupting you. That's a form of kindness. Listen to uh, 2 Timothy 2.24. There's some of the qualifications of, of being a leader in the church. It says, a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to who? Everyone. Be able to teach and, listen to this, be patient with who? Difficult people. Do you show kindness and patience with the people who interrupt you? With those people who kind of, you know, just rub you the wrong way? That guy at work? You know, that crazy neighbor? That woman in front of you in the line? What about your spouse? Nothing removes the love from a marriage faster than when you're impatient with each other. Kindness is being... Patient with the difficult people in your life. Number four, kindness is forgiving the unforgivable. Forgiving the unforgivable. It's it's letting someone off the hook for something they did wrong. For something that hurts you. setting them free. The opposite of of kindness is being vengeful. Holding on to a grudge. You know, and using that to hurt them at a later point. You know, sometimes someone hurts you in a big way and you're like, man, I I am not forgiving you. But I think even more common with the people that we know and that we're closest to is we do the same thing, but we do it passive-aggressively, right? We pretend like we've forgiven them, but then we bring it up you know, in the middle of a fight or when it suits our purposes. Kindness is forgiving someone and freeing them of their guilt, even when they don't necessarily deserve it. Now, why? Why should you do that? Several reasons. First of all, it sets you free. It does. It frees you from the bitterness and the resentment, replaying that, that hurt over in your heart over and over and over again. And secondly, it actually sets them free too. It does. It could free them up you know, to move on to a better future. It could, it could heal a broken relationship. But thirdly, and most importantly, you are never more like God when you forgive somebody who doesn't, for, doesn't deserve it. Colossians 3.13, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you when? When you didn't deserve it, so you must forgive others. When? When they don't deserve it. Now look back over that list so far. Kindness is encouraging the discouraged. Remembering the forgotten, being patient with the difficult, forgiving the unforgivable. And then finally, very simply, number five kindness is Jesus. It's Jesus. Jesus is the kindness of God. It's Jesus who brings, think about it, look at the list. It's Jesus who brings encouragement to the discouraged. It's Jesus who always remembers those that this world has forgotten. It's Jesus who is patient with us as we grow to become more like him. It's Jesus who forgives us when we don't deserve it listen, we know what kindness is because of Jesus. We know how to show kindness to other people because Jesus shows that to us. But more than just being an example of it for us, what I want you to catch today is that Jesus is himself the kindness of God. He is God's Perfect kindness, love in action. In Ephesians 2.7, we're told that God saved us. Early in that passage, it says God saved us, that He made us alive in Christ in order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in who? Christ Jesus. In other words, Jesus is the perfect expression of, of the kindness of God. In, in Titus 3, 4, and 5, it says it like this. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. So who is the appearance of the kindness of God? It's Jesus. You know, what's, what's really interesting is that the Greek word in the New Testament for kindness is Christos, Christos. The Greek word for Christ in the New Testament is Christos, Christos. In fact, they're so similar that it really led to some confusion in the first century. You see, many people in the ancient world thought that Christians, followers of Christ, were really Christians, followers and and practitioners of kindness. But it wasn't simply because the words were so similar. No, those early believers themselves were so kind and loving toward one another and even toward their enemies that in the watching world, they could have easily have been followers of kindness or followers of Jesus. The two were so intertwined, kindness and Christ, that it was just easy to see how people could have mistaken that for for each other. So how about you? How about now? How about today? I mean, guys, it's it's crazy out there, isn't it? And you see examples of, you know, just rudeness and meanness. I mean, people are just blowing up at each other on on the airlines and grocery stores, you know, at school board meetings. And many of those people... claiming to be followers of Christ it shouldn't be that way you know when when people see you and they interact with you you know our kindness and, and Christ so intertwined that people begin to think that they're just one and the same in your life listen we miss God's divine moments divine opportunities every day because we're rushed, we're busy, and we're self-absorbed. But this week, this week, God's going to bring some people in your life that you can encourage. Some discouraged people in your life that you can encourage. He's going to show you someone who's in need. He's going to challenge you to be Patient with a difficult person. And yes, he's going to ask you to forgive someone who maybe doesn't deserve it. He's going to give you a divine moment to share the kindness of Jesus with somebody else in a real and tangible way. I hope you will. I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you to join me in a war on rudeness and meanness. I think sometimes the you know the more machines today act like people, the more people are beginning to act like machines. And as our world becomes more and more tense and stressful, more and more people are rude and tense and and mean to one another. So I want to challenge you to join me in a kindness revolution. Love is not rude or mean. It is kind. Guys, that's what I want Coastal to be known for. I I, I want Coastal to be known for its kindness, for the way we just love people. You know, when when people come here, when people come to our church, I want them to say, man, at at Coastal, they just don't know any better but to, to love you there. You know, it it doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, what you wear, where you're from, what, what you've been through. They just love you. Let's work on that together. I am. I hope you will too. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, today I am especially thankful for, grateful for, the kindness of Christ. Your kindness made flesh in, in Jesus. Showing me kindness when I didn't deserve it. Giving me encouragement when I'm discouraged. Remembering me when I feel forgotten. Thank you. and Father, today I, just, uh, I pray for our church. I pray for those who are watching this online. For those who are here in person. God, may we lead the way. Show people a different way the way of love, the way of kindness, the way of of Jesus. Listen, um, if you're here today and you've not yet come to Christ in faith, if you've not yet been adopted into the forever family of God through faith in Christ, listen, be reminded today that it is the kindness of God that has been drawing you to Himself. And that's made perfect in Jesus listen he went to the cross he took the punishment for your sin and my sin and and we are saved not by anything that we might do by our goodness by our works by church attendance none of that we're saved through our faith in the only one who was good enough kind enough loving enough patient enough to die for our sin and that's Jesus and you can place your faith in him today Just pour your heart out to him right now in a prayer and something very simple. God, thank you. Thank you for loving me when I was unlovable. Thank you for reaching out to me when I was running away from you. Thank you for being kind to me when I've been mean or rude. Father, today I I believe. I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he came to this earth to live a perfect life and die on a cross for me and my sin. I believe he rose from the dead and he is alive. I believe he has power over sin and death and the grave. And now, God, I ask Jesus to come into my life and to be my Savior and my Lord. Until you call me home or come again, I just want to follow him. I want to become more and more like you see me today, forgiven and brand new, your forever child. Father, help me through the power of the Holy Spirit now alive in my life, help me to exhibit these types of uh, qualities in my life. Help me to be kind. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, have a blessed day.